Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. I'm your host, Jimmy Skinner. With me, as usual, Garrett Johnson. What's going on, my man? What's up? <clears throat> you know, back for another week. That's right. Another show, another guest. Yeah. <clears throat> Keeping the grind going. Trying to yeah. keep up with work, man. This week's been busy already. I feel you. I feel like I I've already like worked a full it. week, and it's only like Tuesday. That's what I didn't take... <laughs> I told myself I wasn't going to fish this weekend so that I could give myself time to like catch up because I had a busy work week last week and everything. I just needed like some rest. That didn't happen. (laughs) I told a guy to meet him for like an early, early morning trip. And we ended up like fishing probably five or six different spots, like until like, you know, dark. And it was, I'm, I was just like, and you know, it was not like boat ramp places. It was like, Hike in, wade, maybe drag a boat, maybe not drag a boat. Yeah. It was, I did it all day for one fish. It was terrible. <laughs> it was just, I told some guys that were wanting to go out. I was like, Saturday, everything again in the odds is stacking against going fishing today. And I still went and it was, I mean, I caught like a three, I caught the biggest, probably 15 inch fish I've ever seen. Like had the head, it had the head yeah. of like a 20 it was 
stunted lengthwise, but just this big old belly. Just and it was a spot. It looked it. Dang, it, it was crazy. Yeah, Hold it on. What have I been catching everything on? The swim jigs, spanker swim jigs. jigs. Can't say enough about the spanker jig swim jig. I've been tearing them up on that thing. And I got to then, go uh, get into some backwater stuff. Of me and one of my buddies, or I'll just give him a shout out. Will uh, like to go fish in and uh, got into some frog fish for the first time this year. And that was man, I'll get your blood pumping. <laughs> like I think I caught. 10 or 12, like, and it seemed like it was just back to back to back um, in 55 degree water. I hadn't got my first frog bite yet of this year, and it's kind of depressing because I, I had it by February last year. <clears throat> but I've been tearing them up on a buzzbait. And then I got some some really good information on, I use that Jacob Wheeler accent finesse buzzbait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I went to the little expo they had down in Gadsden, the Alabama Fishing Expo. And there's actually a guy there selling them because you can't usually buy them anywhere but Tackle Warehouse or straight from Accent. And uh, he had a whole bunch of them, so I bought like all of them. And he was like, uh, he's like, you ever? He's like, you fish it with a skirt? And I was like, yeah. He's like, no, to leave that damn skirt off that thing. Hmm. He, he and like and him and then two college guys came up and they were like, oh no. He he told us same thing. White rage craw, black buzz bait, no skirt. He was like, yeah, I was gonna say, big, you run a trailer on that if you're not, not using I don't skirt. run, I don't run trailers on buzz baits normally, but I normally leave all my buzz baits skirted. Yeah. Um, but he said that, and they agreed in their experience with the bigger fish, how they just kind of slurp the buzz bait. Yeah. Just having that trailer on just, so I was like, okay, I'll try it. Cause I don't even throw like the buzz toad or the BZ, whatever the hell that toad is on the buzz bait strike king thing. I like throwing those little, um, Z-Man, Minnow Z, the little tiny swim baits. They're like three-inch swim baits or whatever. Uh, yeah, I like throwing those as my buzz bait trailers. I'll tell you, the most uh, exciting bait I bought, though, was the Dangerous, the Bass Mafia Dangerous Shad, or Dangerous Swimmer, or whatever it's yeah. called. The, they had, they the had new uh, mag draft, basically. Yeah. Every, everybody's got their own copy of it now. But the he had they make it in a blueback chartreuse, which is like my money color, and mm-hmm. I couldn't could not get one. And you don't have to buy a harness for it; like you can just put it on a flashy swimmer, which is great. Yeah, I mean you can with the mag drafts too. But like the mag drafts now, if when you buy them, they come. If you buy them rigged, they come on a harness, and then yeah. But you can get the freestyle ones that you yeah. Can- I've, I've bought, I've actually bought a mag draft with a harness because I've never used one like that before. I want to see what that's mm-hmm. like. I'm sure I'm going to snag that thing and everything. I throw. You'd be surprised, dude. I've been I swim and swim with through lily pad fields and through docks and all kinds of stuff without hanging them up. Well, maybe it'll work for me. I just want to catch something on it. I'm not a swim bait guy. Like once swim bait goes over four and a half inches, I don't touch it. And everybody I know. You know, like the Rusk is going throwing giant mag drafts in the rivers and moving current and tearing up giant smallmouth. So I'm I'm missing a bite for sure. Yeah, there's 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 some fish you're definitely missing on that. Well, while we were out playing around this weekend, uh yeah, the competitive kayak fishing world was continuing the 2023 season. Uh this week we was up on the to the the Hobie BOS series, and they were 
down on uh, Caddo and Bistano Lakes down in that's it's Louisiana, but does it cross over into Texas? Uh, a little bit, yeah. So it's like right on the border of Texas and that's Louisiana. What I so, so South Texas. Majority of it's in Louisiana, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got the winner of that today. Uh, without further ado, we'll go ahead and bring him on. Uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Rolando Nandine. How you doing? Good, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Man, we appreciate you uh, joining us to tell us a, about probably one of the most like hard-hitting tournaments we've seen in a while as far as quality fish being caught. But basically everyone. Yeah, everybody. Like yeah. all the way down the list. I think you had to go down to like a hundred yeah. over a hundredth place just for somebody that has a hundred and fifty inches or less. <laughs> yeah it, it was a it was a pretty good event i think the first day uh i think there was like 20 something bags over 90 inches or something like that yeah, yeah. So. and i know uh day one 107th place had 80 inches which i mean 80 inches is where you like to say that you've had a respectable day mm-hmm. and <laughs> 107 people did that <laughs> so <laughs> That's, that's, that's like over the half the field or whatever. This is so like normally when I have a bad tournament, I like to think like you see like maybe the first third of the field normally I'll have like a good good tournament and then the rest yeah. of the field kind of struggles and I'm like okay, I was in the wrong area, you know it's not it's not me it's not that bad a lot of people struggled this one there's no excuse everybody was on fish on this one so <laughs> like yeah not to be an ass but if you didn't do good. I don't know what you were doing wrong because everybody had that place figured out. Yeah, you may want to rethink the whole scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About the only thing I could think of is, is you know, you're around too many people. And oh no, that's always the truth. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, if there's way too many people, I mean, your your odds of you know go drastically down because every tree gets hit. You know, there's some areas that get really can you know really dense with pop with with people like on those backwaters. You know, you start getting into those little tight spots, man. You get too many people in there, and you can have a bad tournament real quick. <laughs> I've heard well, of ramps there that get like there. It's just a little gravel ramp, basically. Yep. But there's kayaks lined up around the shoreline that are like yeah, 40, 50 yep. deep. And you're like, God, okay. It's, no, it's one of sure. those few few times that you're probably looking to not. You know, everybody's looking for the skinny back stuff. It's. You either got to do the Drew Gregory thing and find something like, you know, way, way out of the way that takes a lot of work to get to or just go to the obvious spots because it seems like everybody else is dodging the obvious. Yeah. Well, well yeah. man, uh, before we get get too far into it, uh, you know, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell the tell the whole Paddle and Finn world who you are, how you got into fishing and, you know, just your story. We want to hear it. <clears throat> yeah, so uh, you know, Rolando Nandine, I'm San Antonio, Texas, and uh, I've been, you know, I've been fishing since I was a kid. Um, lived my entire life here in San Antonio. A lot of the res- you know, a lot of the lakes around here are pretty clear water, actually. So, and then we have some river fishing. So I used to do, you know, a little bit of that. Most of my time was actually spent because in Del Rio, I had a lot of family in Del Rio, so I fished a little bit of Amistad and the park that's around there, and uh, had some you know, cousins and friends of it pretty much taught me how to use a bait caster, you know, as a kid and, uh, grew up doing it ever since. And then, you know, for a while there, I just, uh, would fish with my brother. We do a lot of bank fishing and, uh, you know, a lot of it was cat fishing and we had some poles out and while that, you know, letting that soak, I'd go run a bank and try to catch some bass and the little pond jumping here and there. 
never really thought about the tournament scene until uh, I think it was like two, 2016 or 17. And uh, here in San Antonio, there was a uh, cats tournament that they used to help, you know, hold. And um, yeah. so I jumped into that. I think it was 2017. Got my, you know, I had a kayak and uh, Academy kayak. Right. So I did that. <laughs> and uh, then I, uh, out in that thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not the most comfortable deal, but uh, you know, it was it, it float and it got you out there. So, you know, I, I would do that. And really, you know, when I, got to doing those tournaments locally here it's when i really got the itch to want to keep doing the tournaments you know and it really showed me that uh man you have to bring your a game i mean i I thought i knew how to bass fish but when i first jumped into those tournaments i was like it's another level here man it's uh, a lot different when there's yeah on the line and there's pressure of time constraints and all that yeah (laughs) i know i used to always joke around and be like dude these guys gotta have pet fish at these lakes because i don't know how they freaking (laughs) catch five pounders like all five of them every day, you know, and, but you know, it's the more you, t- more you spend time on the water, the more you add your, you know, you develop different techniques. You start figuring out how to target that, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. try to picking up bigger fish all the time. And Ed, it's fun. And you know, that's, that's where, you know, brings me to now, right. I just 2017 and now I just been doing it for, you know, since then and uh, got into a hobby and never looked back. And I just, you know, collected a ton of tackle since then. And, yeah. uh, amen. <laughs> amen. Yeah, it never stops. Never stops. Yeah. It's so depressing <laughs> and exciting all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's always like I went and got tackle this weekend at an expo. It's really cool. And then you come home and you're like, well, shit, I've got nowhere to put the rest of this crap. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much gear. Yeah. I've well, been what like, a- cleaning out stuff that I've, bought like three or four years ago that are still like freshly packaged and yeah i'm like oh man oh i get to a point sometimes (laughs) where you're like you i'm looking for stuff and i was like i know i have it it's somewhere here you know (laughs) (laughs) throwing stuff around everywhere i I found a pack of i've been meaning to go buy uh i I swap all the trebles on a lot of my walking baits and stuff yep apparently i bought all new hooks to do that with last year and forgot and bought them again and swapped them. And then today I moved my desk and they slid out from under my, like two packs of them slid out from under my desk. And I was like, Oh, there they are. Hey, there they are. Money saved. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your, uh, what's your hobby of choice? Uh, I got a pro angler 14. Nice. Um, I, I yeah, <clears throat> you know, I, I like fishing lakes more than anything else. And I just, yeah. it, it's just, you know, it's comfortable and, uh, you know, I can carry a lot of tackle with me and, you know, some people don't like to carry a lot of tackle. I mean, I'm not that type of person. I really do like carrying um, different options. I hate retying things. Um, yeah. I've kind of learned that, uh, you know, I can I can carry at least 13 rods without it feeling in the way, you know. Um, so you can have multiple things rigged up. and Yeah, and it's just a grab and go. Um, yeah. So, you know, t- there's, a, there's certain fisheries you can get away with a lot of fisheries you can get away with much less but i don't know i always feel like if i ever run like for example a cattle you know i was catching them i could on basically three setups right the first day and yeah. then uh all you know I, it's no secret i loved fishing the jerk bait and i carry it with me all the time i couldn't get anything going all you know through practice and, and into leading into the tournament with that and i almost left it 
behind on day two. And I was like, man, I'm trying to downsize, you know, I don't want to take that many yeah. rods. I was like, I really haven't got anything going. But then I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, nah, I always carry this. And I was like, just leave it in the, ta- just leave it in the lineup. Yeah. Man, so, you know, and you know, who's to say that, you know, jackhammer or a square bill or something wouldn't have worked, you know, just as well. But, you know, I'm really good with, with the jerk bait and I left it in there and I'm glad I did. So, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I carry all that stuff with me just because of in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn it, I should have brought it. <laughs> exactly. I was about to ask you, do you do it out of that, that mindset of like, yeah. Like I'd rather know that I've got it just in case than not yep. have it. Cause that's usually yeah. how, like, I, I'm like, you just said, I, and I'm sure lots of t- tournament anglers and or anglers in particular, the same way I'll rig up nine rods and I'll catch them on three, but yep. come tournament day, I'm still taking those nine rods, like just in case, you know, cause yep. I don't want to retire. <laughs> yep. No. And you know, the other thing too, is, you know, something happened, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I usually don't get backlashes, but you know, ne- you know, transporting things in the truck and you get these nicks in the line sometimes. And, you know, it's happened to me before where I made this really long cast. I got a bite on the jerk bait. I go to, you know, pull on it and it, the line broke halfway, you know, um, out no. on the cast. And I was like, <laughs> dude, that, that was, you know, something happened somewhere. And, um, you know, and you lose a ton of line and these, the jerk bait rod that I use, I think it's, it's a shallow spool. So yeah. you lose a lot of line. All of a sudden, it's like, dang it, you know. You don't got enough left. To yeah, even, like, you make you a got, full cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I just don't want to. Yeah, I don't like to uh, to run in those, and I, I just like to have different options. So, no, oh, well, that's pretty cool, man. Well, uh, so you you know you started back in seventeen doing it. When when did you first have your first success? You know, for like maybe your first tournament that you would consider successful, whether that was cashing mm. a check or just thinking you had you know I feel, okay i've got it figured out yeah i think it was one year later like in 2018 i believe it was and i think it was at it was a cats event where i think i placed fourth and uh now that was like my first like ah you know i caught you know i got up there you know and uh and and against a pretty good field at the time, you know, these guys were pretty good. They'd been doing it for like years because cats had been going on forever. Um, yeah. And I so mean, they, they, they're talking like a hundred people somewhere around that. Yeah. Range, right? And those, those yeah. events were a hundred people. So yeah. it was, and, and being able to place that high, I was, was pretty happy about it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then, um, so I, I started doing more of those and then, you know, finally I got, you know, I started seeing this national trail stuff come up and, I went to my, I think it was the Bassmasters at Lake Fork. And I think, oh, I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I placed somewhere t- in the top 10. I think you know? we both went to that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy. I don't like to think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it did not go my way. Practice was fantastic, but. I mean, it was fun lake, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was, uh, I don't remember if it was 2020 or. That was 20. Yeah, that was the was first 20. year of yeah, Bass, that was the first year. Yeah, it was like right before pandemic started, I think. Yep. Like yep. All, so, well, it had started, but we were in Texas, and in Texas, no one cares. <laughs> yeah. That's why we went to Texas. Like everywhere else is starting to slow it up, and we're like, Texas isn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, yeah, that that was a uh, that that was my real first taste. I think uh, national level, and then I was like, man, I I love I want to do more of these. But you know, yeah, it, it's a bit tough sometimes. You know, you got to travel the nation and get to all these events. It gets costly, and you know, especially if you have a family, they're complaining you're not home, and you mm-hmm. know, which it's understandable. So you got to find that balance. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hardest part, man. Yeah. And especially. Uh, well, you know, we'll get into it. Obviously, you're here, so everybody know. You know, you won the event, but you know, if you're taking it as serious as you can, but you've still got all your other obligations at home and work, and then you win an event like this, and then you're like, you have to change the game plan because it's like, okay, because now I've got a real run at you know Angler of the Year, or mm-hmm. so you're you're like, oh well, yeah, game plan just changed for the <laughs> TOC and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like, well, my season just got busier. Yeah. yeah yep exactly. so be- before we uh we get into i was gonna let you tell everybody or uh, you and garrett since i've been on there kind of talk about what caddo and bistano is but uh one last question just because it's always a hot topic live scoping or no only on day two okay then not day one yeah day one it was uh pretty much flipping all day gotcha just okay. hitting a lot of trees yep so you're, you're you're very pro for you think it's do you think it's changing the sport for the, the better do you think it's making it more difficult man that's a hot topic man and um you know it's one of those things where personally uh you know the, you can argue both sides i think and um because it because it definitely here's the deal is like it, it's going to elevate everybody that knows learns how to use use it that's gonna it's gonna elevate your game you know what I mean? You're just going to be able to catch a bigger, more better caliber fish. Yeah. But the people that are, I feel like the people that really, really don't like it, um, it it's, it's, I think it's going, it's because it's just going to make it that much harder to chase down the people that are just already far. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, and it, it really makes a bit, it puts a big gap in between of that. So, um, I, sometimes I enjoy just fishing without it because yeah, you, you, you do find yourself staring at the screen a lot, especially when you first get it. Because, oh, I mean, yeah, that guy right there has got active target and I've seen it on his kayak like twice. Like <laughs> he's, he just leaves it at home. He's like, no, nah, <laughs> mind. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, uh, I just think it, it definitely changed the sport, man. It's, um, it's a different type of, uh, you, you, everything we knew about fishing you, that you start seeing the things that are you're like oh these are myths man like these fish yeah not really doing this stuff and and you're starting to pick up on things that um you can do that people that don't have it you can you know you'll take you'll have an advantage for sure you're gonna yeah. have an advantage I, absolutely it, it, it's a tool i've I, I get a lot of the people, you know, complaining and worried about it. You know, some of them, you know, it's another expensive piece of gear that you've got to have to be competitive. But I, I kind of turned to that corner where it's like, if you're going to be competitive, you've got to be willing to. Well, you know what I, moves. yeah, what I tell people is like, look, fishing's it didn't change. It only changed at the com- competition level, right? So at the competition level, if you want to do competitive fishing and you want to say that, oh, you're not, you know, enjoying mother nature because you're constantly looking at the screen. It's like, dude, it's two, that's two completely different <laughs> worlds. Like competitive fishing. It's like, it's like you're stepping into a ring MMA fighting, right? Everybody's out 
for themselves. And, and, and you're going to use the tactics that you need to win that are within the guidelines. Yep. And so, you know, you want to talk about enjoying fishing and stuff, then that's great. Go on a set, go on a non-tournament day and don't use it and enjoy it. Right. But there, <laughs> there's just different worlds for that. And you stepping into the world of tournament fishing, you, you're going to, you're going to have to know that those, there's those tools are available for available for everyone. So you're going to either use it or not. And at the end of the day, the fishery may call for it and or may not. And you may not have to use it because, you know, during the spring, you can get away with being able to be successful without it much more than you can during the summer and the fall. Right. And, and leading into the winter, but in the spring, it, it, it uh, lessens the gap because a lot of the fish are, up on the shallow, you know, so yeah, you can yeah. get away with not having to use it. But, uh, you know, you get, you get curveballs of like cold fronts and things like that. And you have someone that's really experienced with it. They, they got that little niche, and little, little advantage to be able to pull away or, or do something right to, to take advantage of that. But, um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't, I, I think it's better. I think it makes it, I think it makes tournament fishing more fun because you're yeah. going to have a tool that it it's not always going to work it's like the umbrella rig when it first came out i mean it worked all the dang time right but now <laughs> you, you it doesn't it's not as effective you know what i mean there are times it's going to work but the live scope you can i can tell you that since i've gotten it there's times that it will burn you oh yeah yeah it will burn sure. you and so when you know how to distinguish when to turn it on and when not to that's the key thing that, that's that's where you're gonna take it to that next level right so oh yeah I, I think in in the kayak world i mean in the boat world it's obviously different but i think in the kayak game the people doing the best with it are probably using it to effectively eliminate and cover water where because um, <laughs> i know a lot of people that use it that don't just sit on the screen the whole day you know it's like yeah okay here they are and they'll they'll be on the screen but not like you see you know, like Dustin like, Connell, Jacob Wheeler, these guys offshore staring down all day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they had, they don't, it's like, when was the last time you looked up? When you were driving the boat, that was it. Like, <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't I don't feel like there's a lot of people doing that in the kayak world yet. I think most of these guys are doing it to effectively get on more fish versus use yeah. it to actually catch the fish. Right, right. No, I agree. I think... Um... Yeah, it's just to each their own, right? People are going to have, you know, we're all going to have different opinions about it. And, uh, but I certainly think that before anyone speaks badly about it, you, they need to try it. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like complaining <laughs> about politics, but never voting. Right. <laughs> yep. So it's I like, really um, <laughs> you, you, you know, until you try it, will you understand what it's all about? And then, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. Oh yeah, and my, yeah, my I mean, final thing with it too is if you don't like it, don't fish the tournament. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. I mean I've had for it sure. for I've had it for <laughs> over a year now, I guess a year, and I maybe have caught one or two fish using it. I feel yeah. like you've only used it like five times though. I, I mean I've used I put some hours in it, but not a whole not as much as I need to to actually be successful okay, with it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's we'll get off the live scope talk. I just wanted to, you know, interesting take on it. Just to, yep. I'm I'm kind of seeing how many tournaments I hear about it actually becoming a factor at all in in our little neck of the woods. Yeah. But uh, 
so we'll, we'll get into it. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Caddo and Bistano, you know, uh, kind of describe the layout of the place. Uh, most people probably know, but you can explain it for anybody that doesn't know the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, what is it? I think it's 25,000 acres total. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a you, natural yeah. lake or. Yeah, it's a natural yeah. lake. I think the average depth is about four and a half feet. And um, <clears throat> there's some deeper, there's some deep water but when you when you factor all the actual shallow water it, it really cancels out any depth you know so yeah, right. four and a half feet deep nat, uh natural lake um and then you got some backwaters that that lead into some really tight spots and um and of course the whole thing surrounded with cypress trees right They're, like Everywhere. it looks so <laughs> fishy like you just it's overwhelming for the first time you see it because you you just don't know where to start and um and everything looks good so uh biggest you know the it's a big body of water and i fished mainly the main lake so most of the lake it has some open water and uh and then you have that that the northern section where it's like super dense and you can get up into like the rivers and stuff like that are so, you talking about caddo or bistano no caddo caddo i yeah, yeah. i actually have never seen bistano so i didn't even fish bistano because bistano um I've, I only had two days of two and a half days of practice. And honestly, like whenever we split lakes up like that, as much as I, sometimes you hear one lake fire over the other, if I have more experience on one than the other, it doesn't make sense for me to split my time. Um, and not really dial things in because I already know cattle. So I, I, I just stuck with it. No, you know, So, uh, I, I and, and I knew it was, yeah. And, and fishing was pretty good from what, you know, the reports out there that you can find right online, you know, uh, yeah. spark and wildlife and, you know, forums and things like that. You can get on and see what, what fishing is like. And, um, as long as it's not like terrible, right. It's, it's spring. So you can figure <laughs> something out on either of these lakes. So didn't want to split my time up. So I can't talk on Bistano because I've never been on it. I, I just know I that once or twice. And that yeah, was, historically, so it's, most of my time on Caddo. Uh, yeah, I think um, it looks the same. I'm sure it's swampy, you know, that's from yeah. what I hear. And it's going to look very similar. Both uh, the difference is, is that uh, Caddo has half the lake is, is in is in Texas and the other half is in Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, the Texas side, I like Caddo because it's you got Texas Park and Wildlife that manage the, the, the Texas side. Yeah, uh, Bistano doesn't have that, so um, I feel like the percentage of fish versus the two lakes, I think it's going to be more on cattle. And for anybody that doesn't know, the Texas Park and Wildlife, what they do to take care of the fisheries in the state of Texas, there's a reason. Here, yeah, all the teens, big bass are coming out of Texas. Yeah. Share Lunker program, everything they do, every other state in the country should follow suit with it. Like, yeah, Jesus. yeah. Texas, Texas Park and Wildlife does an amazing job to make sure that pretty much every all a lot most of the lakes on the on Texas are stocked with very big bass. Yeah. So when you um, hear like teeners coming out of random lakes out there, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah. That's what I, I'm. Uh, I'm not gonna put the lake on blast, but everybody would already know it anyway. But li- last year. One of the lakes just kept just thirteen pounder, fourteen pounder, two sixteen pounder. Oh yeah, just... and it's still it's still doing it. Yeah, so, and we like... one of one of our other hosts on our other show, uh, 
oh lord dustin nichols uh yes yep. i cannot think of what his podcast is called i'm sorry doo ah but he he's the saltwater guy but he, he yep you know he bass fishes mm-hmm. and uh i was asking him i was like hey man i want to come out there and do a trip and i told him that lake and he's like dude f that lake he was like no 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 no. you pass like five even better lakes on the way there but nobody talks about them he was like give me two days i can put you on the same fish nowhere close to that lake and of course work never made it out there but i texted wow, him yeah. last night and was like hey this year you say when i'm coming <laughs> Big, yeah, big yeah that, that that lake has been low key for many years and it was like you know it accidentally discovered and then it was blasted but um you know i saw this the whole story behind that and it, it was it was something that uh wasn't intentional to the person it just kind of happened you know yeah yeah so i mean it, i feel like texas is a place that that can happen and it'll be fine though because yeah. their wildlife program takes care of everything so well yep exactly so, like those those fish aren't getting like taken out in cold like right they're getting taken out and then used for breeding purposes and then to make and, more giant babies like yeah yeah no, and, they, and they replace them yeah they, they let some of those go back after a while into the same lake so yeah it's pretty good um and then it, so going back to cattle that's why uh i stuck to cattle right because it's it's got a good while it's got a good management system on the on the texas side so um i've done i've been successful on the louisiana side too so but um yeah that's i mean that's pretty much layout right 50 50 half on texas half on louisiana Bistano mm-hmm. is all on louisiana side um they look the same they're all they're, they're all full of cypress trees the water clarity is usually pretty decent it looks tannic right it looks yeah. dirty from a distance but when you get up on it you actually realize you can see down like you know pretty good Depending, yeah. right, if you get rain or not. We got some rain, so some places did get muddied up a little bit, and uh, but uh, but the clarity is pretty good. So, so real clean, typically cypress swamp. It's a flipping man's dream. So, yep, it is. Yeah, yeah. That, I've I've want to go down there so bad. I don't know why I haven't made that trip. I don't. I've never heard any bad stories. I just don't ever go. I don't know. It's like it's a so shallow mean. water fisherman's paradise. Yeah, I've had yeah. a bunch of buddies be like, I don't know why you haven't been. That's your game. Like, you yeah. like flipping cypress trees. That's all that there is down there. Like, <laughs> go figure it yeah, out. Yeah, I, I know uh, Steve uh, Steve uh, from Hobie, you know, takes all these pictures right when we're out there. And he does, he posts some really nice ones, you know, from the lake. And you can see, like, the water clarity of the lake that, and, you know, overshade hot shots from the drone, you know, those are yeah. really cool to go look, you know, to, to get an idea of what the lake really looks like. And yeah, and we're, we're going to post up a link to it for everybody listening. Uh, when yeah. you get through listening to the show, go down in the description. We're going to have uh, links where to, where to follow, follow you and then to check out Hobie's and check out all the cool pictures and everything from the event. Yep. But, uh, mm-hmm. So you, you, you've got some history here. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah. How did you approach your two and a half days of pre-fishing? Did you, you know, fishing some history. Did you, did, you know, reading those reports change your game plan initially at all? Like, tell me. No, how. um, no, I mean, so his, historically, uh, first time that I was on Caddo, I showed up to it with no practice, uh, for a KBF event and, uh, was able to pull 97 inches on day one. It was good. That was good. That was good enough for like third place. I think that day. And, uh, then the second day is I was like, well, you know, I'll, try to run the same stuff and and it was much more difficult the second day so i didn't do no 
as good. And then I realized I was fishing the Louisiana side at that time. And, uh, and I, and I started realizing like, man, this fishery is kind of unique. You can't really run over the same stuff every day. Um, yeah, because so, most of those fish are going to be like resident yes, fish, right? Like yeah. you're just going to stay where they're at because there's yeah. nowhere really to go. It's like... Yeah, no, exactly. And sometimes when you have boat tournaments and things are mixed in, like, you know, for example, we had a boat tournament during this. We had three boat tournaments that were going on at the same time while our event was going on on Saturday. So wow. you get a lot of fish to get plucked out of those trees. And if it's in your area, you don't have those fish anymore, you know? <laughs> and so... um and and I think total there was like four to five hundred vessels. I mean, per, between kayaks and boats on that lake. Um, so what he's saying is there's just a little company. <laughs> just uh, yeah, a, just a little, little company, a yeah. little bit of competition. Yeah. Busy. <clears throat> so yeah, some of those areas get hit pretty hard, and it, it makes it hard to go back day two, and, and really have that same success. But um, but yeah, no, it, it was it was pretty. Uh, I think I went in day one. And I, my goal was to just cover a lot of water. Um, you know, the, the thing with this lake is if you read up on it, it's, it's all a numbers game of hidden trees. So you got to find that, you know, there's a lot of dead water and there's millions of trees. And so like you could, your whole day can go in like a 200 yard stretch if you're trying to hit every tree, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You almost got to have like a system for hitting the trees. Like yeah. hit, 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 and then move to the next one. Hit, 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 and just keep, keep going. And yeah. Especially if you're, and I wanted to get into this when we start talking about your days, is I know a lot of guys that, I mean, I do the same thing. Like when you're flipping cypress trees, it's not like flip to the face that's facing you. It's left side, right side, face, move around, backside, yeah. side to side. Like I might flip one tree six times, you know, just to make sure. Because they sometimes want it a particular way. Yep. Like you said, there's a million trees to do that on. You start doing the math. It's like, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna screw this up. I've got 500 trees left and I'm moving at two trees an hour. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think if you know if you do your research, it, it, uh, I think the it's about 50 to 100 trees per bite, you know, average. Wow. So like you got to hit. 50 trees at least pretty quick and, and then you'll you know you could get a bite and sometimes it's 100 trees you got to hit right to get a bite you only need five but you know you get in a productive area of course that number can shrink right you can hit like yeah. for, like my day two you know i got in a really productive area and there and they were biting and i didn't have to flip 50 trees you know but sometimes you you have to go through a lot of trees to finally get to where you know there's there's a bigger population of fish. I mean, they, we're we're talking about easily a thousand casts a day. Like, oh man, yeah, easy. Like, I would know, have to have shoulder or wrist surgery after that event. Yeah, no, that, I mean, there was there was several people that I talked to, and they're like, "Dang, my shoulder's freaking sore after day one." You know, they're just yeah. you're just. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and you and you know with the field that's big and there's other people fishing uh you know you're pedaling really fast to the next tree even though it's not that far because what you're trying to do is you're you're trying to make sure that if you have a person on the opposite end coming you don't want to take your sweet time because you know you might miss the juice you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's a two-day race and a thousand casts yeah <laughs> i love it yeah so, uh, so yeah, no, get, go back to it. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no. So day one, I, uh, um, I went to an area that was pretty good and, you know, 
throwing a couple of different baits. The flipping's always going to work. So I didn't really focus too much on trying to flip. I was trying to find a different type of bite just to, as a backup bite. So, you know, the wacky, of course, uh, cypress trees and wacky is always, you know, they go together and, yeah. and, and, and flipping, you know, creature baits. So you do that enough, you hit enough trees, you're going to get five bites, you know? So I, I knew that going in. So I was trying to, you know, crank baits, hybrid, you know, hybrid hunters. I was trying all kinds of different type of baits that you just normally do. Cypress Italian that I was trying out, trying to see if I could get a, you know, get that mega bass Italian bite going. And uh, then I try to swim bait, you know, bigger swim bait along mm-hmm. the, the trees. And, but at the end of the day, after practice, man, I was like, dang, the freaking wacky and this <laughs> stupid, you know, pitching stuff like it doesn't matter you know all these things you try it's just that just works there period so you know i went with it day one and and uh and knew that i was going to have those two two things tied up and then i wanted something a little bit faster you know of course uh depending on the conditions i was looking at that and i had a you know a a jackhammer and a spinner bait and a floating worm that i like to throw i like throwing a floating worm that's a little more little little more subtle you know and uh so I was targeting shallow fish because I didn't know whether these fish were going to be spawning naturally. March, Texas, you got fish yeah, spawning. Uh, what kind of like water temps and all that did you have? No, uh, I think when we got, I think when I got there in practice, they were at 65. Wow. Um, they fluctuate depending on the air, 63 to 65. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, there was one day that it got, you know, depending on certain areas, you could probably find some water that was in the 70s. Yeah. You know, or and low, you're low coming 70s. off of a, a full moon couple yeah. of days before the event. Yeah. Too, so. But it's a, it's a tough lake to figure out. You know, I don't fish for betting fish very much. Um, yeah. I don't really like to. I mean, if I see one that's big, I'm like, hey, you know, I'll try to, you know, I know what to do to try to catch it. But yeah. Um, this lake is tough because they, you know, you don't see a lot of beds. Um, they lay sometimes some other eggs, they lay them on the root systems. So they're not, mm-hmm. you're not seeing like all these beds everywhere like you do uh, in some of these lakes. So, and then everything I was catching, I couldn't tell. They didn't have the, their tails or any signs of that they were bedding or anything like that. Yeah. And then I did catch one out deep, noticed that it already had a tail that was kind of healing a little bit. And, um, so I was like, man, some of these fish, they already spawned, you know, and yeah, then you hear, yeah. you know, you're, you're loading up, you're hearing locals talk around you, you know, saying, you know, the spawn happened in February and things like that. And you're just like thinking to yourself, like, man, I really can't figure out at what stage this lake is at, you know, like, is it too, is it really far in? Cause you'll talk to other people saying like, Oh, I found a bunch of beds up in the Northern section. I'm yeah. like, I'm not where I'm at. I'm not seeing any of that. So you probably yeah, had was, a lot, a big mixture of every, like everything going on. Yeah, I think time. I think it was a good mixture of things going. So, um, you know, it, it was hard to tell. But I was just targeting fish that were. Um, I noticed my bites were coming bigger fish, bigger bites were coming off in the little bit more deeper trees, like four foot closer yeah. to the boat, closer to the boat lanes, and mm-hmm. um, you know, the, there's not a lot of contours on that lake, so it's not like you can look at and say oh there's a flat over there you know they're going to be stitching up a lot there's a lot of that the whole thing so, is a flat yeah <laughs> so but you know you find little things that you know that the trees kind of make a point and they you know mm-hmm. 
you can find areas that look that are getting a little bit more sun that you could tell that maybe it's a good, you know, more of a spawning area. And if there was fish coming up, you know, you can catch them, try to figure out if you can catch them before or catch the ones that are already, you know, coming off. But I found yeah. that most of my bigger fish were coming off the, the boat lane trees and, you know, people know to check those things. So, I, you know, day one, that's why it was like that. You know, it was a good, good 20 something bags in the nineties and everybody was catching probably in that mid range. And I know some people were catching them shallow, but for me, once I figured out that, that I was getting key bites on the deeper trees, I was like, you know, I'm going to have my setups that I was using, which was little creature bait. And I didn't have the jerk bait going into it as even yeah. as a thought. I didn't, I don't even think I threw it day one. I didn't even try it because I was getting so many bites just flipping a, uh, a quarter ounce. I was flipping a three sixteens in practice. I think someone asked me, they're like, Hey, were you throwing a what weight size? And I think I said three sixteens, but I forgot I had updated that for tournament day because the wind was picking up. So mm -hmm. I wanted it, I wanted it a little Slightly bit heavier. heavier. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so and you want something with like a slower rate of fall fishing those cypress trees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I had gone lighter, but then, um, you know, going, going a little bit faster, you know, I felt like, like they, they could still see it, but it, it would get a reaction bite out of them. Yeah. And so, I just didn't want to spend too much time waiting for something to drop. The wacky was yeah. just driving me insane, you know, on those four feet. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to throw this if they're biting something else, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> it gets it done out there, though. There's, you oh, it does. Absolutely. On a wacky rig out there. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times these fish see that. They, they're just crazy about a Senko. <laughs> so. yeah. it, um, it still blows my mind that Gary Yamamoto makes that bait. That's, you know, the stick bait and all these years and all this fishing pressure. And it doesn't matter. That it doesn't matter. Always yep. works. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Always it always produces, man. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I had those two, two setups really that were working for me, the wacky and the, uh, pitching a quarter ounce little creature bait. Now I really don't think it mattered, you know? So yeah. It's just as long as I mean, at that at that point, like you said, with the fall, you know, getting the fall right down so quick, it's probably just smacking them right in the head. Like, yeah, I mean, immediate yeah. reaction. But reaction, but you know, it yeah. the reports that were you would read like on like say Texas Park and Wildlife, you go on there and just kind of read what it tells you. Um, the, that was actually accurate in the sense that you did have to get that bait really close to the tree. So mm -hmm. because if you were just off like a foot off of it you know what i'm saying 12 yeah. inches to the side of it um you weren't getting as many bites i'm sure you get still bites but yeah. you you were capitalizing on more key bites when it was right next to the tree yeah like when i was down there i had to hit the tree like use it as a backboard basically yeah and then just let it slide down the tree yep uh, that's, that's what i did yeah, yeah that's what i did pretty much um uh day one that's that's yeah. what i did and um it just made it easier you know you don't have to be trying to hold it stop it you know yeah. it, it, it was it was perfect so but um day two was a little bit diff more difficult because i tried the same thing and uh two hours in i was i think i only had one fish or two fish and they were tiny and i was like man by this time i was already either four fish in or or i might limit 
compared to yesterday. So I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta figure something out because, um, if I continue down this path, I, I'm just not feeling <laughs> that I'm going to get a bag that's going to be worthy of, of competing, you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, I wasn't even thinking about winning. So you were sitting in sixth place about, once. yeah, uh, like almost seven inches behind first place, which almost had a hundred inches. So yeah, were you at that point where you kind of like either I've got a full so, set, like go big to get the win yeah. or. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought about it. Right. And I was like, well, I don't know. I was like, I, I didn't really say that I couldn't get the win, but I knew that I had to have a big day day too. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I did feel the pressure when I got, to my to my ramp and i was thinking man i'm gonna run the same water and i did this the last time and it, it didn't work out for me for one of the events and um i said but man i just it'd be risky too to just go to somewhere uh else and with that with the amount of pressure that was the day before so i was like i, I feel like it'll be the same i was like i'm just gonna have to improvise when i'm out there and try to figure out if i have to vacate the area you know i'll just I'll move, but I, I knew that I had yeah. to cover a lot of water to, to find those fish. And I went over my same area, man. And it was just, it wasn't really that good. So, hmm. um, and I was trying the same baits that I did day one, but yeah. I, I did get a promising bite kind of early with the flipping one. And so I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. maybe I'll get, you know, it's a deal, but, and, and, but the same, that, that four and a half feet wasn't producing fish for me. So I was like, shoot, maybe I got to go more shallow. Maybe they pulled up even though it's still cooler. Right. Cause it, there was like a yeah. little cold front. So I went so to go what, check. What was like temperature and weather wise, what changed day one to day two? Like so from day one, um, I think the temperatures for the day, um, I think it was in the seven, like it, it was, mid seventies or low seventies. And we did yeah. get a little bit of sun. Um, it was supposed so to be like overcast. Oh, mostly overcast. We did get a little bit of sunshine that came through. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, I think that helped the bite. Yeah. And that wind didn't pick up till way later in the day. Like it really started howling towards the end of the day. Um, okay. on, on day, on day one and on day two, the wind was forecasted not to be as strong as day one, but it was, I mean, it was right out the gate it was like it was right it was blowing right yeah. yeah and it yeah. was and it yeah. was actually pretty i felt like it was stronger that day so um I, I i said let me do the same thing i'm gonna run with the same baits but it was you know i it wasn't happening and then i i said well let me check shallow real quick and then uh i did that and i was like now they're not shallow because i'm not getting the same you know i'm not getting any bites shallow so i yeah. so I, I was kind of like talking to myself and i was thinking i was like all right, can you know it's it's cloudy. You got the waters being disturbed quite a bit. You got all these waves. I was like the reaction bite. I haven't tried it. I've been plastics this whole time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let me let me put all away all these plastics and uh, let me try the reaction. And now I actually was gonna go to the spinner bait. And I I think I do. I threw it a couple times and I just it wasn't feeling right. And I was like, man, I did good one time throwing the jerk bait. I was like. I know it hasn't worked, but so I, you know, I moved, I took it out and yeah, keep I it honest. To, yeah. I got to keep it honest. <laughs> and I, I threw it, uh, I threw it a couple, uh, uh, trees. And I think on the fifth cast and like a 18, you know, hit it. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I was like, man. And that, and that was like in, I don't know, three feet of water. 
right? Oh, wow. So yeah, so I like threw the jerk in between baby. your shallow and your deeper. Yeah, side. yeah, because I was already kind of coming out of the shallow because I was like in a foot and a half trying to check yeah. for things. And so I was already making my way back, but you got to make your way back through a bunch of trees anyways, right? To just yeah. to get to, to deeper water. So in one of those, I was like, man, this little stretch, I'll try the little, jer try the jerk bait, throw it out. You know, I was just basically just kind of like, um, underhanding it, you know, just mm -hmm. a couple spots. And, uh, one of them, he is literally it. flipping a jerk, bait. jerk bait. That's yep. what you're doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not a jerk bait guy. So you're blowing my mind. Like I'm yeah. listening to this and I'm like, what? <laughs> Well, you know, and you know, when you think about when that water, you know, you don't have a lot of sunlight right now, and and and, and it, the wind's blowing really hard, they they don't know what the hell they're seeing, right? There's just something's coming by them. They can't yeah. hear you anymore. You're a lot more stealthy. So that whole that whole idea about being quiet and being precise on your cast goes out the window when it's that those type of conditions. So I was just kind of throwing it out there, and and then I got I finally got one, and I said, you know what? Um, at that point, I had already run my stretch, and I said, you know, I haven't been to the other side. Let me cross this boat lane and go check those trees that I always that I saw a bunch of boats the day before. Yeah. And um, man, I, I started started going through those trees, and those were like in the four and a half to five foot range, and it was like an eighteen, and it was like you know a sixteen here and there, and then I caught a twenty, and then so at here that time <laughs> I was like, yeah. um. I never check the leaderboard. Like I, I just don't like checking the leaderboard. I, I like yeah. to just go fish and I usually fish very hard to the, to the end. And uh, when I checked the leaderboard, I was like, man, I'm going to get discouraged, but at least it gives me an idea if, if I have a chance. And then I think I had, I think I was still in six with that 20 that I had. And, uh, but then I noticed like everybody was stagnant, right? It was, but everybody was kind of just there. And I was like, Okay, I was like, I still got a 13 incher in here, you know, and I can call that, and that'll get me within like four inches, you know, of the three mm -hmm. to four inches from these guys. And then yeah, I would, yeah. I was like, man, if I could catch two more 20s, right? I was like, holy crap, if I catch two more 20s, but I was like, man, that's a lot to ask for if I've only been catching, you know, uh, I was like, yeah, 16s and 18s. And uh, so I said, but you know what? Let's just, just keep covering water. And I was like, and then, I think shortly after that, I caught another 20 and I was like, all right, okay, now I got a chance. Yeah. I was like, I got two twenties on the board and, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to really make a run at this. Now I'm going to, now I'm really trying to catch a lot of fish and just covering a lot of trees. And I, I started pedaling really fast, kind of picked up the pace and I was going through trees and, uh, I started staying, calling, staying with the same bait though, right? Staying with the same bait. At that point, once I had caught that first fish on the jerk bait, I never touched another rod. <laughs> like it, I just went with the jerk bait the whole are, time. Are, you don't have to. Um, and I'd love to hear about it after the show if you don't want to say it. But what, what's your jerk bait of choice? Uh, well, I mean, a lot of people know it's Mega Bass. Yeah. 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 It's Mega Bass. Uh, um, Vision 110 or Yeah. Junior. Vision 110. I use both. For the most yeah. uh, for the most part I, I do like to use the smaller one but it just depends on on the situation you know yeah yeah so what, what what's your so this goes like I said I'm not a I'm not a jerk bait guy I told Garrett it's a bait that's on my list I've got to learn what how you're fishing it is completely outside of anything I've even like studied and read <laughs> into so like what what kind of like cadence what kind of retrieve like how are you doing this effectively in these areas? like we've talked about in Caddo yeah. relatively shallow, you know, as far yeah. as we're speaking and 
trees everywhere. So how, how does this work? Walk yeah. me through your process. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, a lot. First of all, your setup has to be right. You know, you can't, yeah. you you know, most, most jerk bait rods are six, eight, you know, um, I, I prefer a seven foot, uh, one off the kayak because I'm still, I'm never going to have really the luxury to, to, to jerk the rate down, yeah. downward, stand up and do it, stand and up doing and, it and mostly I, do the side, do the side. And so the length doesn't really matter, but you don't want to, you really don't want to get past seven foot like that. It's unnecessary, but with the seven foot, I have a little bit more of a distinct casting distance. And, um, and I also, I do not like micro guides, but I do like it on my jerk bait. Cause I feel like it just lets me cast a little more accurate. And, uh, I use an Aldebaran. I think the, the, your setup, your real setup for that is super important because it's gotta be light. And usually when you have a light reel, it usually, um, costs more and you're paying for the luxury of being lighter because it's, you know, higher um, quality components. Right. And then also is you got to make sure that it's a shallow spool because you don't want to get a lot of backlashes and, right. uh, and, and then your rods got to be light rod. Light. Anytime you go to lighter rods, you know, you, there's a difference in, you know, we're talking about ounces here. Right. But when you're talking about all day, you know, with one hand holding that thing, uh, it, you know, it's, it, it gets tiring. So your setup has to be right. And then, um, your line choice, of course, you know, you hear a lot about seven, eight pounds. I mean, we're not doing that here, right? Cause we're, we're yeah. around trees. So, um, you can, you can bump that up to, you know, 15, 16 pound, um, oh, wow. and, and, and still get away with it. Right. But yeah. I, I did not, I still had it on 12 pound test line. Yeah. I was um, gonna say like 10 yeah. to 12 is probably what I would have been. Yeah. This is I, all new information for me. I'm loving all of this. Like, yeah. What so, I thought I knew about what I needed to learn was all wrong. So thank you. Continue. <laughs> uh, and, you know, everybody's got a different way of, of throwing jerk baits, and it be, depends on their fishery, right? Sometimes you do have to drop the line size and go to those 8 to 10-pound deals depending on the fishery. But, you know, here and most of the time, I'm very successful when it's, when it's uh, bad conditions, you know, when it, when it's caught, when you have a lot of wind and that disturbance in the water, they're not, yeah. they're not going to, they're not going to see that line and they're not going to see, you know, what, what it is. They're just, they're just reacting to it. So, um, but you know, you're not jerking downwards because you don't want that thing to hit the bottom that, you know what I'm saying? So you, you got to do it up. You know what I'm saying? Jerking up. Get it and down a little bit and then pop it up yeah you get it down you get you know you jerk it down a little bit get it you know and then you jerk it up whatever the case is depending on the depth um and that's what you do when you're like in ten, two foot of water right so yeah. uh, but most of my day was spent that four and a half to six foot once i got those cal when i said once i realized that the caliber of fish was better on that end i didn't i wasn't catching like the little ones anymore it was like i was throwing back 18s constantly because you know i had already maxed out and i was i was looking for a trying to call an 18 out you know and uh i hope i have a day like that one day <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, it's a lot of fun and the jerk bait bite is, is is definitely fun when you get on it like that so um but the live scope in combination with that obviously helps because you can see the root systems and you can kind of guide things but yeah. it, you know it's not easy man it's it's a lot it sounds um you got to have really precision cast right to get it mm -hmm. right next to the tree because treble hooks man the minute you're around spanish moss 
like yeah and it's a nightmare it's a freaking nightmare because it, you can throw a lure up there with no hooks and it will get stuck <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it is going to get stuck so like with lure with hooks it's just that much worse so uh definitely has to be precise most of your trees that have bigger fish i don't know i feel like they know that they don't get messed with if they know the tree up there is more difficult to cast to you know (laughs) so they're never on the nicely open trees (laughs) yeah something that just to touch on too so because you're having to run the trees quickly like you were saying so you're doing all of this sitting down not a lot of no no yeah no really staying in the seat staying on the pedals yep Stay in the seat, stay in the pedals. And then, uh, you know, the three, you know, the 360 helps with that because I, 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 I don't have to make a big adjustment to wrap around. You know, if the yeah. wind blows me, I can just turn my nose right away by turning my, you know, using my 360 capabilities. So that is a huge part of the success when you're dealing with the combination of wind, you know, and then you're fishing fast and then you're, you're pitching, you know what I'm saying? So that and then of course the 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 jerkbait has always been a fish catcher but not until like recent years you know with um the bassmaster events with um like in combination with the live yeah with the live scope because it allows you to target yeah you can target now stuff underwater as opposed you know when before it was you know it was all what was visual so yeah that's you you have a lot of components that to really make that jerkbait bite happen like that you you have to have a an eye for when you know that's going to work and not spend too much time with that and then also the efficiency if you're skipping game or well you don't skip with the jerk babe but if your tech if your skills are not there with your castability it's gonna feel very very inefficient you know so you're gonna be getting stuck that the soft that wood on the bottom is so soft that even the bills of just crankbaits and things will freaking bury in there because it's so soft you know what i'm saying and so you throw treble hooks at that it doesn't take i mean it doesn't take much if you hit the tree with the treble hooks like they just stick stick to it you know so yeah you 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 gotta you gotta make sure you cast it just right and uh cast past it and you know stay as close as you can to the tree uh yeah without a doubt there was there was plenty of times that i got tangled up right and i have to go over there and just get it out but i'm so used to it that like it doesn't bother me right it i get stuck i'm like well i'm about to blow up that tree i'm not gonna fish that one you know what i mean <laughs> move to the next one move to the next one yeah only got a thousand more left, I, know. So. I feel like yeah. you know throwing that's the nature of the beast man it's like yeah, yeah. I, I love running square bills and some of the stupidest timber like but i already know like it's probably not coming back just be yeah. ready. Like I just keep yeah. it, keep it in the head. Don't get mad. You did it to yourself. Like, yeah. Well, as the day progressed, man, when did you start? You know, you you got your other twenty. You know, you're throwing eighteens back, so you know you're up there. Did you ever look back at the leaderboard to see how it was shaking up for everybody else? Other people's bite continuing to get better, or did you just? Uh, no, I did. I I mean, I checked the leaderboard uh, several times because I knew they were going to shut it off around that two o'clock range. And, uh, you know, I, I played a little little defense in the sense that um, I was I was far behind. And I don't think uh, in my mind, if I was up there, I was like, I don't know if they're, you know, if I was even on the scope for being able to come back. Right. To take that to take the lead, yeah, because yeah. 
there was guys up there in 188 inches and I was like at 179 or 180. And uh, I was like, man, I really have to have, I had to have like almost three twenties, right? Because I was behind, I needed it. But, but the, but the, the, the 20 and a half that I caught the 20 and the 19 point something that I caught was enough to close the gap. And so yeah, like yeah. when I caught those two twenties, I was thinking to myself, you know, it, this, this, what I'm about to say, it doesn't matter too much to me because I always fish very hard to the end, mm. but I don't know how else everybody else fishes. You know what I mean? So yeah. to me, I was like, I don't want them to know that I have already taken the lead. So I held my two twenties in my, my live well, you know, and, uh, and I did submit that. I'll be honest. I submitted that right after the leaderboard turned off. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want defense. I played a little defense on that one. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, people have been doing that for a long time. See, I, honestly, I, doing it that way though, is not what people have a problem with. It's the guys that don't submit their fish at all. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. yeah. 10 yeah. inches at, <laughs> I, I, ne- I, I never do that. Um, I always submit them. Yeah. yeah. I, I, no, historically, I, I've never done that. Yeah. It's a competition. I like a little defense. You don't, like you said, you don't know if these guys are like cruising at this point and then you throw up all your fish and then they kick it back in the gear, you know? Right. Like, right. I completely agree with you, especially these guys. I, I, I mean, mean I, I don't know. Some of the I biggest like names naturally... in kayak fishing. Like, yeah, they can I feel do like that. naturally these guys know that somebody's going to land on them and they better fish hard the whole yeah. time. Anyway. Yeah. So. I, I didn't, I didn't think um, you're right because that's the way I fish. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you know, like if I knew that I was in the lead, I'm not, I'm not, not slowing down. That's just not how I fish. I fish to maximize my day as much as I could, you know? So, exactly. but yeah. you know, I just, I, I just, I do know for a fact that naturally on a, a competitive person, if you know you got passed, you are going to give it a little more umph once yeah. you already know. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, naturally, that is just part of any competitive, you know, oh, yeah. character. Yeah. So, I just didn't want to give that little extra edge to someone seeing that I already had, you know, the lead. So, well, um, uh, as the day finished, like, were you were you sitting pretty confident or did you have that like no. uh, somebody got it like no i was not sitting confident i was nervous about it because i already had done the math when it went off it was at 188 and then when i finished doing the math on my numbers well i could see it in my live well right in my my like uh, the, with the 220s that i had it was showing yeah. me at 191 and a quarter i think so i was like man i got to when it went down i had i already had a 3 inch deal and I was, I was like, man, they, they have to have, um, like 95 or 97 inch day. I was like, and if I was like, but it's a good bite right now. So it was like, it could, I mean, very well happen. It happened, yeah. So I was like, dang. So yeah, no, I went into, you know, I went to you know, finish my day off and I was like kind of nervous. Cause I was like, man, I, you know, I feel good about it. I know that it probably top five for sure, you know, but, um, you know, someone else could have just been sandbagging all day. You know what I mean? And really <laughs> come back. Yeah. Six people, uh, six other people that also had like that 95 inch day, like you're talking about. Yeah. But it just yeah. wasn't the right six people. It's like Right, right. Exactly. So now when I found out when I was in there, uh, you know, everybody's kind of chatting it up and stuff. And 
I think uh, Brandon, the second place guy, sat at my table and I was like, I had asked him, I was like, hey, how was your day? And he was like, and I don't remember what he had, but he had like 91. He said, no, nah, I finished my day with 91. And I was like, okay, that's a big difference between what I got today and not. So like whatever he had before, I was like, I might, I might be okay, you know? Yeah. So, um, but, you know, it really didn't sink in until I got up there and it was like, uh, there was only us three. And I was like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know if they pulled. Yeah, I might've. <laughs> See, that's where I'm like, that dude just lied to me. That man caught 98 inches. He ain't catching no 91. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. So like, well, how, how was the feeling? You know, I mean. Oh man, it's a, it's always a great feeling, especially on a field like that, right? 200 plus people. It's, yeah. it's, those are, those things are not easy to win. So I'm, I'm pretty grateful about that and I'm glad it worked out you know, in my favor, of course. And, uh, you know, it feels good, of course, you know. Oh, yeah. It comes with yeah. a little pretty nice little payday. So, yeah, I bet that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That that always helps, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're, still, you're, still, you're still not really ahead, though, but. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> sad you... truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, man, well, you, you did an excellent job. And just because we haven't touched on the numbers, um, you know, we'll we'll head over them real quick. So, uh, oh. so, so day one, the day that you know, social media was buzzing about, like we said earlier, 107th place had 80 inches. The top 20 all had 90. Uh, so top 21 all had 90. So it was, yeah. everybody was hammering out and you giant had bags. One, two, three, four, five people with 89 and three quarter. <laughs> yeah. Like just because it was below 90, you were still on them. Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah. so day, day one, uh, it took 99 and three quarters to hold out top spot. Uh, you were sixth with 94 again, still, I mean, that's still an excellent day. Um, day two, you were the day two, uh, lead guy with 97 and a quarter. So huge day on that. Um, and then you had some guys, like you said, some guys that needed that 95 inch day and like Garrett touched on, it just wasn't the right guys. You know, riser had, I think 84 or something day one and came in with a 95 and a half on day two to really help bump him up the leaderboard. But the totals at the end of it, man, uh, obviously you won with 191 and a quarter. Fantastic two-day finish. Uh, Brandon Prince, 189 and a half. Jason Isaacs, right on his tail with 189 and a quarter. Uh, that, that rounds out the top three to to an excellent tournament. I mean, there were almost 2,000 fish caught in this event. Like, that's insane. Yeah, like, yeah with 200 fish. anglers. Yeah. So it's like almost 10 fish per angler. Yeah. And I'm sure those numbers are... I mean, think of like you said. Think of all the fish that you were throwing back that were quality that you just didn't need. And yeah, with a hundred and eight people at eighty inches, there's a lot of that going on. So there were probably twice that many fish caught in this tournament. Like easily yeah. thousands of fish. Yeah, I don't know what I called. I don't know if I called more. No, I called more fish on day two. I think right. It, I think it shows plus something. Yeah, let me see if it shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had a uh, twelve total. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> that's moving on up the board. I like that. Well, man, that's an awesome, awesome job. Definitely. Uh, does it is it changing up what your plans were for the rest of the tournament year? Or are you going to have to kind of dial in and, you know, well, get, yeah, get the rest I'm, of the Hobies? Yeah. Well, I'm contempl- so I, I'm signed up for Sam Rayburn. So I'll be doing that event. And uh, th- that'll be my third event for the Hobie. So I got a fourth one that I need to do to really, uh, you know, have the chance at the AOI. Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I, I think a buddy of mine wants to drive and do the Seminole uh, event. So that would be probably the one that I would want to do. And then just um, it just it'd be hard to hit another one after that because there's just so far. And Seminole, I, I don't have any experience on Seminole, but I, uh, I think Seminole, you could approach a bunch of it and kind of, the, I mean, different type of year, different time of year. I mean, mm-hmm. but you could probably approach it in a very similar fashion and yeah, maybe put something together. So yep. that's what I'm hoping. So, yeah, that's 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 the plan is, is trying to make that one. You know, of course, I have to sign up uh, tonight, actually, as a matter of fact, for uh, the Bassmasters event. Oh yeah. And so that's yeah. I qualified for the Bassmasters in um, in Tennessee, Chickamauga. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to that? So yeah, I had I, I was contemplating. Well, I was trying to figure things out with work, and uh, it looks like I can make it. So I got to sign up and um, yeah, and do that Deadline's right now. Tonight, isn't it? Yeah, it is tonight. Well, yeah. we will let you uh, get out of here then. So uh, I don't <laughs> want you to miss that, man. And I, I'll, we'll we'll probably see you there. Uh, I'm I'm I'll be up there working the uh, the expo, so I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, you'll I'm be dabbling there. there. Oh, yeah, I'll be Garrett's there. Fishing. I'll be yeah. there Friday night. I think is when I'm planning to go to, if i can find somewhere to stay i haven't figured that out yet <laughs> well yeah well let me know if you find something because uh i definitely need to do that still too yeah well, <laughs> Look uh, for two, yeah two, hit me up after places. the show or something and yeah we'll, we'll find an airbnb or something like that sounds good well uh before we let you go man we always let everybody uh you know take a second to thank anybody that makes it easy for them so uh, if you got any sponsors family anybody you want to thank man floor is yours yeah yeah, no, you know, everybody always, you know, of course the wife, right? She lets, she handles back stuff at home with the kiddos. And then uh, um, I got three people that, that helped me out really with the fishing, which is, uh, you know, Z-Pro. Uh, they power all my kayak, all my electronics. And um, then I got my buddy, Jarrett, uh, from Custom, uh, J-Rod's Custom Builds and He went to several, so I got him to build me that jerkbait rod, and I finally was like, yeah, I don't need to look around anymore. This is it. So awesome. appreciate that. And then, it, so, <laughs> yep, and then uh, I got Let me ask huh? you about that right quick. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that jerkbait rod you got him to build for you, is it like kind of a more kind of similar to like the Mega Bass jerkbait rods where it's got like a fast tip but moderate action still? Or Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's you know, it's a North Fork blank. And, yeah. um, you know, he's got, um, we, we actually ordered several from them to try out and I ended up landing with a, I don't even know the model number and I'm pretty sure he probably doesn't want me to say it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, uh, he's, he's, he, um, he, tra- he built that one for me. And then once I tried it, I was like, it's perfect. This is it. So yeah, yeah it's got a nice little tip. It's got the right action not too stiff and not too parabolic and um you know in the combination with that and changing my hooks out it, it's just just right perfection so, yep and then a uh, last one is uh oh my the last one is outdoor alphas little tackle shop in that san antonio they uh they carry some of the tackle that i like to use and so he you know gives me gives me a good little discount there so appreciate that it's, Awesome, man. Right. Well, uh, well, again, we we appreciate you taking the time to come on and tell us about it. Uh, I've definitely learned a lot. I'm sure our audience has too. Um, glad to have you on, and 
you know, good luck to you at the at the whatever the hell they call in that championship. Now I'm just gonna call it the classic because that's what it is. Uh, so so good luck on Chick. You got any experience on Chick? Nope. Oh, maybe you do need to stay with Gary then. Yeah. Uh, I've got a lot of time there, but not a whole lot of success. Garrett is always in the right area, but someone always beats him there. He's always in the <laughs> okay. right area, but All he's right. always, always running around the right fish. But I just never figure it out. I guess. <laughs> well, that's 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 good to hear, man. Because uh, we may be we may be rooming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look forward to it. All right, man. Well, uh, we appreciate it again. Uh, have a good one. Go get signed up for that. You don't want to miss yep. that one. And uh, we hope we'll be talking to you again soon, man. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it, guys. All right. All right. Peace. Thank you. See you. Awesome. Another good show. I learned sure. tons about jerk baits on that one. Uh, the yeah, whole jerk bait I mean, setup is going to be coming quicker than I thought because now I'm very <laughs> intrigued. I mean, this like, is the time of year for it. This is well, like, like I, I think about jerk baits and like I know guys doing it like the old school way, like he's talking about, like when you're not live scoping and it's just, you know, twitch, twitch, pause, yep. twitch, twitch, pause. Just you're just out there hoping and praying that that's what. No, when he was like, yeah, no, I'm just. And that flipping, flipping jerk you're flipping a jerk bait. <laughs> okay, I can jerk bait fish then, so I'm feeling a little more confident now. Like, wait, just imagine you're flipping it. Yeah, it's, yeah. you're flipping well, it. What's he talking about? Like, uh... target flipping it? And I'm like, I can do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a chance. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, no, that's awesome. exciting that's cool to hear. Yeah, that's a uh, very, and I'm sure everybody that knows how to jerk bait fish is like, shut up, Jimmy. We've been doing this forever, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know it. So, kiss my ass i don't know you don't hear too many people talking about that especially well, around like cypress i mean it, you do hear it but it's most of the time you're talking about using like a fluke or something like a well that's why i started i was like oh bait. wait is he talking about a soft bat plastic jerk bait because i'm gonna feel oh. stupid and then he was like yeah no mega bass and i was like oh yeah <laughs> like i think he's talking so he wants it to basically suspend right in front of their face yeah. in that under that uh cat under that uh cypress tree that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, well, we'll get right into it. We got a few more shows, uh, or a few more shows, a few more tournaments to talk about. Not too many. We'll run over them real quick before we uh, yep. get out of here. Uh, so, first up's the 2023 Swamp Country Kayak Bass Association. Uh, it was also Caddo Bass uh, Bistano. It was a Bass Nation event. Thirty anglers. Uh, first place Brian Nelly with ninety one and a quarter. Second place Brian Howell with eighty nine. Third place uh, Neil DeForest with eighty five. Um, the other big or the big event that uh, we just went over was the Hobie event. Uh, you heard the winners and the numbers just recently. I won't bore you with those again, but John Houston, um, we're going to just name a few. Uh, uh, John Hudson had a 23 and three quarter. Brandon Prince had a 23 and a half. Darren Williams had a 23. Hayden Hall had a 23 and a half. Big <laughs> yeah. fish everywhere. Freaking love it this time of year, except I don't catch those. So whatever. Yeah. Um, next up, we had the. The USA Bass and Jackson Bassin Jackson Kayak Trail uh, on Nolan River Lake in Bee Spring, Kentucky. Twenty six anglers. Uh, first place Rowdy Farinelli with eighty four and a quarter. Second place Jared Matthews with eighty three and a half. Third place Thompson Burry with eighty one and a quarter. Uh, moving on from there, we get the South Carolina Bass Nation Kayak Series on Lake Russell. That's where the championship was last year, right? Yeah, Lake Russell. Lake awesome. Russell. Uh, it was also a fundraiser event for the Autism Anglers. Uh, who sent some awesome? There's a pun there with the spelling for autism. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I said it again. Daggum it. Um, 
they sent uh, boxes to the That's anglers on the on that spectrum. Uh, 33 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Shane Mills with 87. Second place, Doug King with 86 and three quarter. Third place, Jonathan Yoder with 85 and a half. And I think that's the one when my wife was going over telling me they had all sorts of ways to win stuff on that. Like submit mm. a picture of your board with no fish on it for a prize. <laughs> submit the smallest fish for a prize. Yeah. Sub, um, submit like something that no one else allows submit pictures of the fish with like if you used one of the baits of the company that sponsored the event put it on the board with the bait for you know a gift card like all That's sorts cool. of cool stuff happened at yeah. that. but uh moving on from there we had the peach state kayak anglers on lake sinclair in georgia 41 anglers five fish limit first place shez to hugh with 87 and three quarters second place uh pow tow with 81 and a half probably butchered that one sorry buddy Third place, Brian Butler with 80 and three quarters. Uh, next up, we had the Tennessee Kayak Anglers uh, trail stop on Del Hollow. Uh, yep. I'm, oh, no, this is three good. I, was about to, I thought this is five fish limit, and I was uh, like, oh, God, fish. Del Hollow yeah. is not fishing well. But no, it's three fish limit. So first it's place, Chris, well. <laughs> yeah, Chris Franklin with 57 inches. That's a good three fish day. Second place, yeah. Sam Beck with 55 and three quarters. Third place, Drew Russell with 55. Uh, moving on, uh, 21 inch smallmouth and 20 inch smallmouth. Oh, so, I, I got my first 20 inch smallmouth last year. I think somebody I in that had one that was almost 22 inches. In that. Jesus, I can't remember. Uh, moving on from there, we had the uh, 2023 Socks and Cookies second annual kicking bass for troops March Bassness. It's a nationwide event. Uh, it raises money and care packages to be sent to deployed service members, 29 anglers. Uh, five fish limit. First place was Doug King in South Carolina, 85 and three quarters. Second place, Adam Estlack with 85 and a half out of Texas. And third place, Josh Duffel with 82 out of Louisiana. Just a few more. Uh, the, the River Runners Tournament in Sussex County, Delaware. Um, 52 anglers, five fish limit. First place, William Crockett with 84 and a quarter. Second place, Jim Wall with 83. Third place, Mark Kessinger with 81. Uh, only 77 fish caught in that whole event, so tough, tough fishing. Um, SoCal Kayak Anglers, uh, membership drive on Otay Lake, 80 anglers, uh, five fish limit. I can't read that for some reason. Oh, there we go. My screen blurred. It was terrible timing. All right, five fish limit. First place, John Cordell with 76 and a quarter. Second place, Johnny Baird with 74. Third place, Steve Buckner with 72 and a quarter. And last but not least, the Lone Star Fishing Obsessions. Fishing Obsessions Impromptu Bass Battle in Austin, Texas. 26 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Nathan Chanular. Chanural. Yep, we're going with that. 96 and a quarter. Second place, Tyler Howell with 89 and a half. Third place, Jacob Muller with 89. I'm going to let you read these next week just so you can no, experience you don't want me to. It'll Dude, be worse than that. No, I'm going to let you read when the California boys show out. Because <laughs> yeah. I can't ever... I know like three of those dudes' names. Like... um. But yeah, so that's it, man. Congrats to everybody that had a good tournament weekend. Um, you know, congrats to you if you didn't have a good tournament weekend. Maybe you took something away <laughs> from it and learned it. Maybe you still hung out, had a good time with friends, got on the water, enjoyed the weather. Um, yeah, it was a good yeah. weekend for it. Yeah, so uh, I think next week, I'm not 100% sure. We may have, uh, I don't know if there's an event going on this weekend uh, that a big one. I know next week we have the classic. Um, yeah, I don't know that I remember one 
happening this weekend or not. I'll, I'll look on the KBF schedule. There may be a KBF, but uh, if we don't have but anybody I thought, from – I think all of theirs is like April, like every weekend of April. Yeah, and that's I think that's what I remember too is like it's dead for them right now, and then they've got four weekends in a row back-to-back, back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. But um, we don't have anybody on for a big tournament that we see. We'll we'll do some looking around uh, for the more club level stuff. <laughs> but uh, if not, we probably have on uh, Richard from Eastport Marina. Yeah, to get him to Del Hollow. Yeah, hop on. You know, if you haven't already, you need to get signed up for that. I know there's some other events going on, but uh, we're. We'll have a decent little payout. We'll have a bunch of giveaways, uh, beer, good food, cheap stays. You can camp for free. You can get a, I think it's $50 for a spot on one of the houseboats, uh, discounted on the cabins. Like you don't, you don't want to miss it. It's, it's going to be a fun time. April 22nd, 23rd. I know, uh, some of us are coming down there. Uh, I can't remember how many of the hosts are coming, but, uh, some of us are going to fish the event. Uh, that's y'all are also having y'all's event that day, right? Yeah. So yeah, CTK will have an event with yeah in conjunction with it. Yeah, and uh, it'll it'll be a good time. Del Hollow is always fun. Hanging out with us is probably the the highlight of it. I'm just I'm yeah. totally kidding. And I, I think it is. We're 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 all down there relaxing and having a good time and goofing off. It's it's become our annual. Like we could stop the tournament half of it tomorrow, and I wouldn't care. It's it's just fun to get down there and everybody get together. Uh, I forgot the so that ten cat event that happened there this weekend. They put up those limits with a BFL going on at the same time, so there was Jesus. probably three hundred vessels or so out there. God, I need to know how they were doing it. I really want to get on. <laughs> I just want to catch some good fish at Del Hollow. I need to have different aspirations, like catch a good bag. No, I just want to catch a good smallmouth on Del Hollow. All right. Well, I've seen the dinks. I know where to catch the largemouth when it floods. Know how to bed fish there. That's great. I can do that anywhere. I want to yeah. learn how to catch a big smallmouth in a highland reservoir. <laughs> yeah. That's literally the only goal. I if I I've been buying big swim baits. Like I just bought some big old <clears throat> fat body jointed baits, and I've caught I've caught some good ones there on bigger baits. Like. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I didn't buy them to catch them on those baits. Uh, a good buddy of our, both of ours, Trey Johnson, showed me yeah. the light last year with using it to find the fish. Yeah, we were we were wading in a crystal clear creek where you could see the bottom, and he would throw that thing in there, and like an eighteen inch smallmouth would roll out from under the bank that you never saw, and just follow it. Wouldn't bite it, but now you know he's there. Just yeah. cast wherever he goes. Yeah, I was going down a bluff wall on Del Hollow a couple years ago with a big glide bait, like a nine inch glide and i got some like 20 to 22 inch smallmouth to come out and just follow it they wouldn't hit it but they would look at it and i was like oh man i need to I'd come panic. back and fish this <laughs> i'd be like throwing my net in the water yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throwing everything you got at him oh well hope everybody gets signed up for that i hope everybody comes out and hangs out with us but uh, until then yeah, thanks again for for listening another great show hobie and bassmaster doing them up big this year um i mean is that three in a row that's like 200 anglers well i don't know if the first hobie no the first hobie was like 180 something i think i think it was 184 235 204 yeah 
205. Yeah. Yeah. It's been going strong right now there. And I don't see, I don't see it backing off those two, those two tournaments. I think 200. I mean, you'll have one. Somebody won't, or the vast majority may not like where it's going. You'll have, you'll have one. That and like later on in the season, there's a lot of conflicting schedules that start happening. Oh, conflicting schedules. And if you're doing better in one series than the other, it's like, you know, where your eggs need to be in which basket, you know, Um, and save some money. I mean, I mean, to be all honest, I mean, this shit's expensive. So like it is, (laughs) it's hard to chase them all, man. It's like, I can't remember who it was we were talking to recently, but they were like, I mean, you can basically say it's like $1,500 minimum a trip. Yeah, like somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. all things depending trips to scooters and no. <laughs> that, that'll jump it up quick if you start doing that. I just want you to. Uh, I'm so excited that you are second picture on the Bassmaster website of the Gunnersville coverage <laughs> in your shooter scooter shirt. I have had people call me and say, "What the heck? Who let him get in there in front of that professional cameraman in that shirt?" <laughs> Who said that? Hummel. Yeah. <laughs> Hummel called me as the first thing he said. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I was surprised that they put it like multiple times. Second picture. Yeah, like second picture. Right Third up at the front. Of picture. The like <laughs> that's the first thing you see is me standing there with my scooters bar and grill. Yeah. Well, well now I, I got a now I got official jersey, so I'll I'll wear that next time. Well, you should put scooters on it too. Yeah, I need to hit the scooter up and see if he'll be a be a sponsor. There you go. Well, all right, folks. Till next time, we appreciate it like always. We will see you then. Peace out. See you.